All right, praise God. Let's pray. Father, we ask and we see there is illumination. The highest of our understanding is a lighting. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can be you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Ah, okay. I don't pass the aggression to me. It's my you that is losing the match, not me. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, we're starting praying by precept and by example this morning. Prayer by precept and by example. We are in the season where the Lord will want us to pray this um, season, and we have to catch on to it by the Spirit of God this morning. So, and you know, there was something that that, that usually happened. Um, I grew up and people would throw lost pray. I mean, how many of you grew up in such a family where um, they do morning devotions, uh, family authors? How many of you grew up in such a family like that? that you just gather, you say pray, lead prayers. How many of you, let me see. All right, cool. That's good family. You, you grew up in a family like that? You are who? No, not me and you. Oh, that was time. <laughs> All right. So, it's so, we, so some of us, we just learned, oh, just pray the evil, to the point that the will tell you, pray over food. We are not even thought how to pray over food. So when we're younger, when we're in primary school or elementary school now, we'll just say, um, summer food, but cannot eat. Summer food, but I know it. We have food, but we can't eat. we be to Jehovah. So we used to do those things. I don't know I cannot relate now, but <laughs> but we used to do those things then and we just thought, oh, we're praying. And you know, you gather together and you just say, before you go on any trip, maybe you're going on a road trip. If you grew up in Nigeria, for instance, like I grew up, um, man, if you're going for a road trip, you got to pray. In fact, you have to fast because the road, <laughs> the roads, the road is a road. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> the road is a road <laughs> so sometimes if you are going early in the morning you have to pray okay so it's it's happened that way in such a way that we just grew up so you will see somebody in the bus then uh, i remember somebody would just come up in the bus and just say brethren let's pray in this bus <laughs> brethren brethren <laughs> both muslims both buddhists both traditional worshippers everybody becomes brethren by the reason of traveling <laughs> there's a brethren let's pray as we start this trip even the driver will have people start announcing who want to pray who want to pray <laughs> because even the driver is unsure of himself who want to pray who want to pray so we grew up with so many bongs or so many junks of what prayer is all about and we have not really thought what is prayer from the scriptures and that's what we're going to study praying by precept and by example so i was told what to pray about when i was younger my mother would tell me when you are going you plead the blood of jesus when you are going somewhere you shout the blood you see some, some, some people will tell you, say amen five times. I mean, if you go, go to church, right? They'll say, you, you say amen five times. I mean, if you go, go to church like that. Oh, you, you've not? Oh, wow. Some of you are born again. Oh. You say, say amen five times, then you now say fire of the Holy Ghost at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Even in fact, we even have, have the lost prayer. We're going to look at all of those things in this series. We are now even the lost prayer. And I said, deliver us from evil. Okay. 
Now, but the key word in Christianity is discipleship. There's something you must learn as you grow as a Christian that the key word in Christianity is discipleship. In Acts 2, verse 20, Acts 2, verse 41 to 42, Acts 2, verse 41 to 42, it says, And they that received the word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. So, they were called brethren in this place. They say they continued gradually. But as the time progresses in the book of Acts, the time changed and they were now called disciples. In Matthew 28, look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In verse 19, it now says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to do all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So it says, go in to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, somebody asked me a question. It says, what's the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit? It's the same thing. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. All right. So now, a disciple is a student. A disciple is a student who receives instruction by God's word, who receives instruction by the word. A disciple is a student who receives instructions by the word. So, a disciple must be thought. It says, go ye and teach all nations. So, we must be thought. We, it's just like the Christian living. The Christian living must be thought. There must be no assumptions on the Christian living. There must be no assumptions on how you grow as a Christian. You must be thought how to go about your daily activities as a Christian. Even how to sing concerning Christian, you don't just come up to just say, "Oh, um, this this is just what I what I want to sing." No. If you if you if you check our archives, you will see a series on Christian worship, Psalms and spiritual song, clapping and dancing. You will see all of those series. You see all of those messages. You could you could be in your hands on those things. You must be thought how to do everything that's touching your Christian worship. Why do we gather in church this morning? You have to be taught. What's the essence of a Sunday service meeting? You have to be taught. Okay, why, do, why should we meet in the weekday? You have to be taught. We don't make assumptions in Christianity. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't make assumptions in Christianity. So as you are growing people up in the Lord, teaching people the gospel, you don't make assumptions for them. You don't tell them, go and pray. You have not taught them how to pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? You've not thought them how to pray. I remember when we started um, in Indiana many years ago, some of you that were with me then, one of the first series I thought was why we pray. I don't know if you remember that, sir. Why we pray? Because you need to know why we pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it, so you can't, even, even, even to the point of how to read your Bible. Some of you just say, okay, um, my God, my God, why are they forsaking me? Just read and you just close your Bible. Some people, even when we're younger, they'll just say, 
They just close their Bible like this. So they say, Lord, 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 lead me to anywhere that you want me to see. Lord, Lord, Lord. So just open. And Judas hung himself. Ah, no, it can't be Lord. They close it back. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord, lead me to anywhere that which you want to do, do quickly. Ah, ah. Judas hung himself, do quickly. <laughs> no, you don't do things like that. Are you getting what I say? You don't do things like that. So you have to be thought even how to study the Bible. You have to be thought. Everything that's touching the Christian faith has to be thought. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17. 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 to 17. It says, As from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which, is, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ. So that means, as from a child, Paul was writing to Timothy, he has been thought the holy scriptures to make him wise unto salvation through faith which requires and as is all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So it means that as a Christian, you have to be thought with the scriptures, even as from a child. That's why you don't leave your babies or your children when you start having one. Or for some of you already have one. <laughs> I'm just joking. You don't leave them to chances. You teach them. Are you getting what I'm saying? You teach them. The same way you were thought A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. You were thought those things. You were thought how to write, right? You were thought how to speak. You were thought your name. They told you your name. And you were thought how to pronounce your name as you grew. That is exact way we take the Christian faith. You have to be thought. And one vital way, or one vital practice of, the, of Christianity today is prayer. So a Christian has to be thought prayer. Does that make sense? You have to. So we're going to look at the scriptures in this series and we're going to study prayer. Because the Bible gives us instructions and teachings as touching the Christian life. Now let's go to Luke 1. Luke 11, sorry. Let's go to Luke 11 verse 1. Luke 11, verse 1. So you have to be taught, right? Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. All right. So you have to be taught. So you don't make assumptions. You have to be taught. All right. Look at Luke 11, verse 1. In fact, you know, there's a, there's a teaching we did on why the falling. You should listen to that. Why do people fall down that God's power? We've done a teaching on that because we live in the time and age where people question everything. And we are still going to do more teachings on that very soon. So when, when you see people, okay, somebody lasers on somebody and somebody falls down, what is happening? We did a teaching on that. You can lay your hands on that material. Why are you falling? Because you have to be thought everything that's touching the Christian faith. And I can tell you for a fact in this church that I hold you a responsibility to teach you everything. I mean every detail of the scriptures. When I mean every detail... I mean, I have a, I have a hoot, and I've, and I've said this many years ago. Some of you were there, would, 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 would bear witness. I said, before I die, I will teach from almost every verse from the scripture. I don't know if you have heard me say that before. That's my responsibility because the work of a preacher is to explain the scriptures. That's my responsibility. 
So I will do my studies, will do, will do my research, and I must teach from the scriptures. In Jesus' ministry, he spent more time teaching than doing any other thing. Even upon the resurrection, in Luke 24, after the resurrection, he spent that 40 days just teaching the disciples. Teaching the disciples. So that's why in the book of Acts, when they could speak in tongues in Acts 2, it was not a mystery to them because they were thought. Are you getting what I'm saying? So teaching is a very vital practice of Christianity. You don't say a sermon is too long. You don't say that because how do you want to grow? I talk to, I, I speak to certain people sometimes and they, they, they baffle me a whole lot. You see some people claiming they are atheists. Why are they atheists? They just read something on Google and that's all that determined their faith. They just read a research post on Google and probably the person who put the research is even a Christian. <laughs> they just read the research post and say, oh, this is this and that. Then they, they had a couple of some YouTube videos. You know, maybe like two, three YouTube videos. They just watch it. And they just say, oh, yeah, I'm an atheist. Or, yeah, I believe in this thing. That's, that's the height of stupidity. You didn't make research. If, okay, let's, let's, make, let's do something now. Imagine since, okay, in America now, you have to, you resume school at age five, Right? You go to school, I think pre that's when you start school, right? Age five or six or five, six. So now let's say you start school at six, but you will have been going to preschool from about three years, two years, you'll have been going to preschool. So let's say you started school at two years of your life. The normal proper age to live in high school is 18 years, right? So let's say you roughly live. So see now let's count it. You've been schooling since two years. 18 years and you are still not done you are going to college for another four years right that's how many years now 22 years all right so and in that same bachelor's degree there is still a master's of at least one year let's just summarize it i mean different courses have their own let's just summarize to one year that's how many years now oh we're not counting the first year so that would be 21 Okay, so now plus another one year, that will be what? 22 years. So how many years is PhD? Some years varies, three, five? Five to seven years. So let's let's just estimate five, right? Someone's three. Someone's three, someone's two, but I think the general one is majorly five. So now put five plus that one, that's how many years? 27 years. So now if it took you 27 years to learn a course, Guys, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. If it took you 27 years to learn a course and you are still not... In fact, even after the bachelor, even after the PhD, they will tell you there's still post-doctorates, there's still some certifications to go, there's still some professional discipline. Even if you get to certain places, they will still retrain you. Right? In my, okay, let's, let's do medical school, for instance. Some of you that are in medical school, you understand, you bear witness now. Let's do medical school, for instance, now. You've done your bachelor's, four years. You've done a pre-course. Let's say you've done a biology, right? Then you do, that's if you did not get in on time. If you do MCAT, you do your MCAT, then for MCAT, then you do another, the next 10 years of your life, right? Roughly about 10 years, right? Of your life. So that's 14 years. 
or more learning just to become a doctor. Then you will see some, I don't want to use a curse word now, but you see some people who just read a page on Google for 30 minutes. Hmm. I'm an atheist. That's the height of stupidity. That's the height of stupidity. Say, oh, no, I'm an agnostic. You, you are still in school, still learning another course, and you did not devote more time to at least even study more, to at least make up your mind fully. Okay, if at all it took you 27 years to make up your mind and say, I've been doing this study every day, going to school, doing exams, taking courses, doing lectures, Christianity, doing this, no wish for, that will have even be better. But you just went on Google. That's the one that pains me the most. <laughs> and some three, three minutes YouTube video. Then I say, oh, I'm an agnostic. You are, you are very insincere. You just want to make a name for yourself. You don't want to, you don't want people to feel you. That's, that's it. You're just proud. You're just proud. You see a college student still doing his bachelor. So bachelor, he just left high school. Still doing bachelor, saying he's, a, he's an agnostic. For what? You're just proud. Sit down and learn. Let's teach you the Bible. Because you have to be taught it is actually wrong teaching that make people actually even veer into those things. Then if you actually meet people who have at least a bit of understanding, you open up. Are you getting what I'm saying? You open up. Because the Christian faith has to be taught. Everything about the Christian faith has to be taught. Now, this morning, we're praying in service. I'm sure some of you may just be wondering, why are they just shouting? We are going to explain everything. Why do we even pray before service? What's the essence? Why do we pray before? What's the essence of prayer? What, what does it do? Hallelujah. All right, look at Luke 11, verse 1. Luke 11, verse 1. It says, and it came to pass. Are you there? Luke 11, verse 1. It says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also thought his disciples. So, John has taught his disciples, right? Now, Jesus is yet to teach his disciples. But the disciples kept seeing him praying. And they came to him, ah, what are you doing? Why are you just going somewhere praying? What are you doing? Teach us how to do this thing. So, they saw him pray. And remember I told you, everything that's touching the Christian faith has to be taught. So the meaning of that teaches to pray, who could even give us information, instruct us on how to do this. Because I told you, as other disciple is the one who receives training, who receives information from another. In Luke 18 verse 1, Luke 18 verse 1, Luke 18 verse 1, Luke 18 verse 1. And I spoke a parable to this hand that men ought to always pray and not to faint. To faint there means not to give up, to thorn out badly, to lose steam, to lose energy. So you are not giving up, you're not losing steam, you're not turning out badly. So and you remember Jesus always taught in parables. 
So that would mean that this was this will probably be a teaching seminar on how to pray. So he says, men, men will simply means human beings, not physical man now, not means speech, because now we live in perilous times. When we say men now in America, you have to define <laughs> who is a man. I've seen something on Twitter sometimes. They say, if you want to ask a woman how to these days, you have to ask her, are you really a woman? <laughs> or an ex-man? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so prayer is of the earth. Hallelujah. Prayer is of the earth. You don't pray in heaven. Jesus wasn't praying in heaven. Jesus isn't praying in heaven. So he's praying now. No, he's not. He's not. Prayer is of the earth. When he says, because you see, you the place you quote is, uh, make an intercession for us. Intercession just simply means a mediation. It's just a mediator. It's his priesthood. And he sits down in his priesthood office. It means it is done. That is, the sacrifice of what he has said to do in Christ Jesus has been fulfilled. It's done. So that is the priesthood. So he is not praying in heaven. He has fulfilled all the righteousness of the law. So Jesus is not praying for anybody. Prayer is made here on heads. So one thing you must understand about prayer is that prayer is an earthly activity. Tell your neighbor, say prayer, prayer. is an earthly activity. Prayer is an earthly activity. So prayer must be thought by precept and by example. By precept we mean, by teaching, by example we mean I will show you how. Hallelujah. I will show you how. We're going to show you how. We're going to see how to do it from the scriptures. So prayer must be thought by precept and by example. Flashback to that Luke 11 verse 1 by, quickly. Look at level verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that I said to them, as he was praying, a certain, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John thought his disciples. So Jesus taught it, and Jesus showed it. Because the very essence of teaching is that so you would do it. The very essence of this series is so that you have a prayer life. It's the very essence of this series is so that you will know how to pray. The very essence of this series is so that you would, you would understand what prayer does. I told you prayer is an earthly activity. There is no prayer in heaven. So it is here we are going to pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we are going to exert all our energy all our strength year on earth in the place of prayer because jesus is not praying for anybody in heaven by the time jesus comes again we are not going to be praying does it eh? we'll look at that later <laughs> so jesus is god who became a man you read in john 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god and all things were made by him and in John 1 verse 14, it says, And the Lord became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld him as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 verse 14. So Jesus was God who became a man. So Jesus was the Word, became flesh. So, and in his earthly activity, he was giving to prayer. Now, the best way to understand Jesus is to see him as God. 
He is God who became the flesh. We have a series on the incarnation, how God became a man. All of those things. Lay your hands on the, it's an ongoing series. Lay your hands on that one also. Jesus is God who became a man. The world become flesh. And he came to earth and he was praying. That is to let you know that the, one of the reasons why you are on earth as a Christian is because you're going to pray. Because if Jesus, who is God, I expected, if I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I would have laterally expected that God shouldn't be praying on earth. He should just be declaring things and be saying, I mean, he's God, right? He should just be saying, oh, stand up. Oh, you, move. But he, he wasn't doing that. God came down and prayed. Wow. Think about that a minute. God came down to pray. Look at Luke 3 verse 21. Luke 3 verse 21. Luke 3 verse 21. I'll wait for you. Luke 3 verse 21. It says, now, when all the people that were baptized, now, when all the people that were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus being baptized and did what? And did what? And praying, the heaven opened. Wow. So, he was going to John's baptism, and still in the John's baptism, he was still praying. Remember? Prayer is an heckly activity. God came down and he was about to be baptized and he was praying. So he was going to John's baptism. He is praying as he was going. So can that mean we can pray in a public place? Right? This is a definition of praying in a public place, right? Because he went to John's baptism and he was praying, right? Right? All right, cool. So look at Luke 22, verse 41. Luke 22, verse 41. He was not shutting his door in Luke 3, verse 21 there. He was not shutting his door. But look at Luke 22, verse 41. Are you there? I'll wait for you. It says, And he was redrawn from them, and went about a stone cast, and knelt down, and kneeled down, and prayed. Now, he is about to end this ministry. And even on the cross, he was praying. On the cross, he was praying. He was still telling him, saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. He was still praying. And he was about to end this ministry. I thought, when we have gotten to the end, that's when we should withdraw. No. So it means, from the beginning of Jesus' life to the end of Jesus' life, he was doing what? He was praying. So prayer is an earthly activity. So while you are on the surface of this earth, while you are on this earth today, while you are in Rochester, New York this morning, is because as a Christian, God wants you to pray. Now see it again, before I continue. God came down as a man. And what did he do? He prayed. From the beginning of his ministry, to the end of his ministry. So prayer was a pattern for his living. 
He wasn't praying against his enemy. No, he wasn't praying. Every enemy of my father's house, what are you waiting for? Right now, die. That was not what he was praying about. Because if he was really praying about that, the whole of the Jews would have been dead. Hope you know. No, guys, hope you know that. <laughs> Those that arrested him should have been dead. But do you know remember what he was praying about? Father, forgive them, right? For they don't know what they are doing. So imagine he just had prayed, Oh Lord, every enemy. Judas would have gone. <laughs> Judas would not have needed to hang himself. That prayer would have killed Jesus before he even executed the action. How many of you know that? Because Judas was already an intending enemy in the camp. <laughs> so he wasn't praying that. He was not praying for he wasn't praying to get a job. No, we're gonna to get to that also. He wasn't praying to get that. He you know, we pray, we pray Lord, when we want to get we want to get visa, right? I don't know if you know, when you get a visa to come to the United States of America, you fast, you pray, you're not quiet, you don't tell anybody. Because you don't know if they're telling somebody is, is going to affect your prayer. <laughs> Some people can relate and I understand. So he wasn't praying for his job or all of those things. He was praying. Look at in Matthew 6 verse 5. I'm trying to take my time to explain this to us. And I'm going to do that all through this series because I really want us to understand why we pray. So that when you get to a place and they say, pray for your food, you understand what to do. When they say, go to pray for this, you understand what to do. Look at Matthew 6 verse 5. It says, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be like the, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for the love to stand praying in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. In essence, for verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, if you take this test literally, it will mean we should not be praying in service because you are going to be seen of men, right? Guys, right? Abi, Sister Fever was leading us in prayer this morning. It will mean that she is seen of men. She, she, she's an hypocrite already. <laughs> right? No, guys, right? Alright. So, what was this talking about? So, anyone praying so that you might... He was simply praying, saying, the intention of your actions. Now, I know some of you are going to say, I don't want... I don't want to be seen of men. So I don't... <laughs> no. That's what they say, though. We're going to get there. So, he was simply saying here, anyone praying so that he might be seen of men, because prayer must not be made of men. You are not praying to a man. I'm not praying to you. Like our sister Favor led us in prayer this morning, we are not praying to her. We are having an audience with God, right? That's why everybody should be doing it. But if you're looking around when they were praying, why, why are you looking around? You should be praying too. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because prayer is not made to men and must not be made of men. Look at in verse 6. It now says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So prayer is fellowship. He was making you understand that you pray, prayer is fellowship. And this is falsely personal, 
and something between you and the Father. It's something personal, something between you and the Father. Because when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and shut the door, pray to the Father, see that he do it in secret, and the Father that see this, and when and thy Father which see it in secret shall reward thee openly. Look at in verse 7. It says, But when you pray, use this is where I want to get to. Use not vain repetitions as the ethan do. For the thing they shall be heard by their much speaking. A lot of people say it is not by long prayer. No, that's wrong. He didn't say it is not by long prayer here. You must always see things in their context. He used the word vain. Vain there simply means empty repetition. So the issue is what they were praying about. Because some will say, I just pray to God very briefly, just talk to God, this and that and that. No. Jesus never had issues with long prayer. Because if you read this text, you say, Oh, but the Bible says here in Matthew 7, say, but when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the writers do. So are we not repeating ourselves? No. no. He wasn't saying that you shouldn't pray long. He was talking about the vain repetition. Now, what is that vain repetition? It's like saying that you are fucking empty. You are saying things in an empty version. And we're going to explain it very soon. Hold on. Look at it verse 9. And I said, Our Father's manner. Pray ye, our Father, who which has in heaven, I Lord be thy name. So Jesus, and you know the funniest thing, Jesus gave them this prayer, but he never used it. You will see a prayer in John 17, a prayer of fellowship. And that word is erothao in the Greek, erothao, E-R-O-T-E-O, E-R-O-T-O in the Greek. A prayer of familiarity, a prayer of fellowship, a prayer of partnership. That is, you are discussing between people, a discussion between people who know themselves. So that's not a prayer of begging. You see that prayer in John 17. It's not a prayer for now. So he wants to know how to, if you want to know how to pray, many other times you read the epistles because the epistles were written for the church. You read in Ephesians 1 verse 16 to 23, um, Philippians 1 19 to, Philippians 1 19 to 23, I think. No, Philippians 1 9 to 11, Philippians 1 9 to 11, Colossians 1 9 to 11, um, Philemon 1 4 to 6, um, 2 Thessalonians 3 verse no, Second Thessalonians 3, 1 to 2, you know, you, you, you see the prayers there. It's the prayer of the saints. But we'll get to that also. So, what was Jesus doing with explaining this? Because he explains the lost prayer here. Yeah. And many times when we were younger, we say, what's the lost prayer? Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, and we forgive those who trespass against us. And we just, the nation died in evil, for we are the good, and no, no, uh, amen. <laughs> so the Lord's Prayer isn't something we pray anymore. That surprised you, right? Yeah, but that's the truth. Because the lost prayer has been fulfilled in Christ. It says, give us our daily bread. Jesus made us to understand that he is the bread from heaven. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
Jesus has forgiven us on our sins. Colossians 1 verse 13. It says he has delivered us from he says he has translated us from evil and delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of light. Colossians 1 12 verse 13. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us partakers to be meat of the earth and the saints who has translated us from the kingdom of light, who has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You also see, it says, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Hebrews 2 verse 14, it says, we have been delivered from the power of bondage. They delivered from the power of death. So you and I have been delivered in Christ now. Hallelujah. So the lost prayer isn't something we pray anymore because we saw him praying. So these were not the prayer that they were praying in the epistles also. Because if this was the prayer they were praying in the epistles, Peter would not have been teaching them to pray in tongues. Then they would not have been essence of Jesus, Jesus praying longer. Because if it is just by our Father, just be reciting it every time. Who art in name? And you know, that's what they taught us when we were younger. When you want to pray, just recite it. Our Father, who art in name. That is not prayer. That is just telling us what Jesus is going to do upon salvation. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that has been fulfilled in Christ. He has already given us the daily bread. Hallelujah. He has given us the daily bread already. You and I have eaten of that bread. We drink, we've drank of his wine and we live forever. Holy to God. He has delivered us from evil. The evil is the devil. Hebrews 2 verse 14. Hebrews 2 verse 14 to 16 to 15. So, it says, so the major thing he was saying, he was saying, don't pray to be seen of men. Don't pray to be seen of men. Now, look at in Mark 1 verse 35. Mark 1 verse 35. Mark 1 verse 35. He says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before thee, he went out and departed into a solitary place and prayed. So, can we say Jesus got up early in the morning? No, you know, there's, a two, there's two ways. There's two ways to this thing. There's two ways we get up in the morning. You know, you can naturally get up in the morning and start preparing your day and, and be praying. And say, blah, 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 I'll be praying. As you are brushing your teeth and it's also bathing, you are still praying. That's a different one. Right? <laughs> this one, he got up specifically to go and pray. <laughs> are you seeing the difference? It's not that he got up in the midst of other activities. He just, ah! Oh, okay, let me, ah, I'm already late, let me just be praying. No. He got up, went to a solitary place and prayed. So he got up to pray. And he went somewhere. He wasn't the one writing it. It means people saw him. Because Jesus didn't write it. So it means the disciples kept saying, ah, maybe they see him, maybe they are sleeping beside him. Just see that their master just stood up in their front and just, ah, just be wondering, what is it again? You know? Look at Luke 5, verse 16 also. Luke 5, verse 16. Luke 5, verse 16. Are you there? It says, and he withdrew himself to into the wilderness and did what? He prayed. So Jesus had a prayer life. 
he lives in the place and he goes into a private place to pray. So the so a question that will come to your mind is how long should I pray? Seeing that that text already told us don't use vain repetition. No, that should not be the question. The question should be how long should I communicate with God in prayer? I told you in John 17, Jesus prayed a prayer of familiarity, a prayer of fellowship. How many of you, you I throw every one of you in this church already know that you are God's son, right? You are God's children, right? Or is there any Satan's child here? All right. All of us are God's children, right? We are God's sons. We are God's daughters. I mean, right? So how often should you communicate to your father? Often. Often. Look at in Mark 6 verse 46. Mark 6 verse 46. Are you seeing that we have so many places where Jesus prayed in the scriptures? Mark 6 verse 46. Look at Mark 6 verse 46. Mark 6 verse 46. It says, And when he has sent them away, so it's not wrong to tell somebody, Leave, your, leave my place. I want to pray. He <laughs> says, And when he has sent them away, he departed into the mountain to do what? To pray. Now, history, historical record had it to be, because this was a period before he came to calm the sea and all of those things. Historical record has this to be that this text, he prayed for at most six hours. In this text here. He prayed for at most six hours. He was away for at least six hours. He was praying. Look at in Matthew 26. Let's go to Matthew 26, verse 40. Matthew 26, verse 40. Are you seeing now we are looking at the scriptures now? Now I always told you, I always tell you, sorry, I always tell you that when you come to church, you come with your Bible to come and see it yourself, to see if pastor is not deceiving you, right? Alright. Look at Matthew 26 verse 14. Matthew 26 verse 14. It says, And he cometh unto the disciple, and findeth them asleep, and said to Peter, What could ye, what? Now, I want to read like an English student. Say, what? Could ye not watch with me for one hour? In verse 41, he now says, Pray, watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, you know, he was coming to Peter and the disciples. Now, in verse 42, he went again, the second time, and prayed, saying, Oh my father, if this cup, if if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink of it, let that will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Now you look, look at it, verse forty-four. Now he says he left them and went again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. And he cometh unto the disciples and said unto them, Sleep on. Now, <laughs> now start sleeping. God tells you to sleep. In the place of prayer, it has trouble. <laughs> anyway, he consistently did the same thing about three times. And historical record had this to be that he came almost at the same hour. So he kept coming after every one hour. So can we say Jesus has prayed for at least three hours in this text? 
Because he already told them in the first time that, can't you watch with me for at least an hour? So can we say Jesus had prayed one hour? Right? Right? Guys, right? He now came again the second time. Now, if he comes the second time, because of the documentation of how they read the scriptures, can we say that's the second hour? Right? And he now came again the third time. Can we say that's the third hour? So can we say Jesus already prayed for three hours? All right. So that shows us by precept and by example. And now he told Peter something. And that's very key. And that's very significant. He said, can't you watch with me for at least an hour? So that means the minimum time a believer should pray is one hour. Some say, really? Yeah. He told his disciples, I mean, his disciples would mean his followers, right? Now, if Jesus would, if Peter is Jesus' disciple, Peter reached orders, others reached orders, others reached orders till they reached you. So can that be the same instruction still pertaining to us today? Right? That is, the minimum time a Christian should pray is one hour. Tell your neighbor, say the minimum time you should have been praying, or you should pray, is one hour. No, say it one more time. The minimum time. Tell your neighbor now. Are you scared of your neighbor? The minimum time a believer should pray is one hour. One hour. He didn't tell them what to pray about. He did not tell them what to pray about. But you know, immediately they woke up, they saw what they, they needed to pray about. <laughs> that was when Peter had to start using sword. You know, he already told them, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray. They were sleeping. Immediately after, they came to arrest Jesus. All of them fled. Imagine they are prayed. No, just imagine they are prayed. Probably they would not have fled. So he came consistently to them. But he didn't tell them what to pray about. Because prayer is fellowship. Prayer is fellowship. He expects you to communicate with your father. You're just talking. You're just talking. You're just talking. You're just praying. So you should be praying. A curious Christian should be praying one hour every day. One hour every day. Look at Luke 6 verse 12. Luke 6 verse 12. Luke 6 verse 12. You know, we watch Netflix for more than three hours, six hours even though, and we don't want to spend time with God. Luke 6 verse 12. He says, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray. And he continued there what? In prayer what? He continued there what? All night in prayer to God. He continued all night. All night in the Jewish calendar means 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Now, because the, the entomology of scriptures now, when they write when they were writing the scriptures now, they were not writing in our world. We use the Greco the, the Greco calendar, be Gregorian calendar, yeah. They in their own time. When they say all night, in their mind, it's a 6 a.m. thing. 6 p.m., sorry, to 6 a.m. That's 12 hours. That's the meaning of all night. So they do all day and all night. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
So Jesus prayed for at least 12 hours. Prayer rally. That's prayer rally. 12 hours. All through the night, Jesus was praying. So he was, so now, he was against vain reputation, but all through the scriptures, he was praying. Because Jesus had a good relationship with the Father. Because see, one way a relationship breaks down is lack of communication. How many of you know that? I mean in the natural. How many of you know that? I mean, if you have a distance relationship and you don't communicate often, just know it is about to go into the abyss. <laughs> it's about to go into the oblivion. It's just going to disappear. You have to learn to talk and talk and talk and talk. Even your supernatural relationship. There are times that I call my friends and we don't have things to say. We're just like, ah, man of God. That's what we just be saying. Ah, man of God. Um, at least we are just keeping the glue. Ah, man of God. Man of God, there's work to be done. Man of God, there's we are just, that, we just, we are just bored though. We don't know, but communication keeps the relationship. Are you getting what I'm saying? Communication keeps your relationship. You want to keep being friends with somebody? Ensure you just keep talking. Keep talking. You can tease the person, you know, tease the person. Just talk. Look for the person's trouble. Talk again. If there's no trouble, create one and talk again, you know. We, they said women knows how to do those things well. They say women just know how to create a trouble and talk. Do it. Just keep the relationship going. They don't have to be peace all the time. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but it's true. You just have to keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. One way to sustain a If you want, all of us now, if we want to stop existing as a church, is we should just come to service. I just lead opening prayer. I, lead, I sing praise, I worship, I say everything, I tell all of you, everybody stay in this place. I believe that's what the devil was trying to do during the pandemic, just, disap- just separate everyone. So you just go, uh, alright, everybody, go. No socializing, no, so just go. We are never going to sustain it. Nobody will even come the next Sunday. Because you just be like, oh, no, nah, I, I, I don't fit in. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're going to some places, you just say, no, I don't fit in. Because there is no enough communications to make you fit in. So communication, just keep talking. Just keep talking. Talking is a key to a successful relationship. I tell people, maybe, maybe if I'm doing a relationship um, counseling, I'll just hear both sides. I'll just, eh? Eh? Say it again. What did that guy do? Eh? Wow. Alright, I'll now set them up. Oh yeah, both of you talk. Because I know when they talk, they will be a res- resolve. They will resolve it. You just have to learn to talk. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now someone say, Wow, Pastor, thank you for this tip to go and use to to do to talk to my to my babe. It's you that know I did not teach you that one. <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean you have you should have a relationship, a godly one for that. Anyway, so in praying, there is a relationship. So when we are praying to God, when we are praying to God, is because we have a relationship with Him. An unbeliever can pray also, but they don't have a relationship with God. Are you getting what I'm saying? They don't have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God. I used to be very bad at something. I don't used to call my parents often. 
And I discovered I, it was a bad thing. I had to adjust. So I have times in the week, I'll just say, okay, this time we'll just be talking. We'll just be talking. I'll just be hearing them rant about something. Rant, rant, rant. Another rant. Because, I mean, I'm growing old to understand that they are going to go someday. So I don't want to miss them when they go and say, ah, I die known. I don't want to have that. <laughs> I die known feeling. So if you have parents, cherish them now. Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't want to have that I die known feeling. So I, I decided to work on myself. I started talking, I started talking, because to keep the relationship going. And I noticed that there has been more peace in the family the more I started calling. There is no more, ah, these are your self. Ah, what's your problem? And the reason why they are saying, what's your problem? is not saying I did something wrong. I mean, I don't do something wrong. It's just because I did not call. And there's no relationship, there's no fucking. So the relationship is dying. Are you getting what I'm saying? So learn to talk a lot. Are you getting what I'm saying? I believe that's a wisdom for you. Your friends talk a lot. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't have to have things. Just be on the phone. Talk a lot. Are you getting what I'm saying? Talk a lot. And when when is now? I'm not saying you should not go and talk and forget your life inside talking. <laughs> Let's, Bible teaches about moderation. <laughs> Let's say, ah, pastor say we should talk a lot. Then you are not praying again because pastor say we should talk a lot. You don't study. You're not doing your school assignment. You're not going to work because pastor say we should talk a lot. <laughs> Let all things be done in moderation. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, <laughs> because, so when we are talking, you enjoy the communication. You enjoy the communication. There's, there's a benefit to it. You enjoy the communication. You know, you don't get bored of people you love, right? When you're talking to them, you just want to talk to them all the time. If you have never heard from them, sometimes you just say, uh-huh. Ah, this person is not even calling me. Why? Ah, what's this person doing? So some of you that are in love. Uh, uh, is he sleeping? Is he sleeping? Let me just flash him. You just, you just put, you just, <laughs> or you don't put rolling high. Ah, uh, uh. you know you women, you know how to do. You don't put rolling high. Ah, uh, uh. this is already four p.m. since twelve a.m. <laughs> this is four p.m. You have not, you have not sent a message. Ah, uh, uh. what? Can you be that busy? Even Joe Biden is not as busy as you. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you don't get bored right that is the same thing in prayer someone say uh uh but why does he have to link that way that is exactly how it has to link <laughs> it's the same thing with prayer you have a relationship with god you don't get bored fucking the reason why prayer is boring to you you just pray 10 minutes i don't say ah now check your thanks Oh, it's because <laughs> you still are not seeing that you have a relationship with God. You check, you're like, ah. and you know, many other times when you are praying long prayers, so some of you have been praying long prayers, Shall if you say we are praying eight hours, that's the time heaven and earth is to stand still. <laughs> I remember my first WCC 24, 28th hours prayer. Ah! <laughs> I looked at my clock. We started in the night around then to finish the next day. So we started prayer like 10 p.m. tonight. To I'm going to finish 10 p.m. tomorrow. Ha! I looked at my clock. When it was getting to... So we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. So imagine. So we started a prayer around 7. So we prayed about 3 hours before then. There was a teaching session. Then we now go. So in that first 3 hours, I thought that was the beginning. 
So me too, I was like, oh, ooh, oh, I was so ready to pray, you know. So when did I say, brethren, this is the hour. Ah, what hour? <laughs> what hour? So I looked at my clock. It was, so I prayed, I've spoken a lot of syllables in tongues. And all. I just checked my time. One minute gone. Ah! <laughs> what is going on? I looked at the gate, and the gate was so far. I believe they do those things deliberately. So that before you go, get to the gate, you will rethink your salvation. Ah, ah. Am I really, really going? I looked at the gate. I looked at my ticket. I'm like, ah, to get to America back from this place is <laughs> going to take me a whole lot. I just rather endure. You know? But the thing is this. As I grew, I learned to see prayer as a relationship. One of the reasons why you pray 10 minutes is just say, ah, believer. You don't want to talk to God. You just, pray. You just dedicated 10 minutes out of your whole day to talk to God and he's your father and you know that he's going to bless you <laughs> you are using 10 minutes 10 even Jesus gone there is God did not use 10 minutes to talk to his own father to talk to himself or to talk to God are you getting what I'm saying it has to be a relationship so if you get bored while praying you've not started praying you don't need to have a prayer point before you pray. You don't need to. <coughs> Look at it in Acts 1 verse 14. You don't need to have a prayer point before you pray. Look at Acts 1 verse 14. Acts 1 verse 14. Acts 1 verse 14. It says, And this all continued with one accord, in prayer and supplication and with women and the Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, people that who are Catholics today, I just pity them because Mary, the mother of Jesus, prayed in thongs. She practiced Christianity very well and they are worshipping somebody who is just looking at them and saying, aha, guys, I did not send you to do these things. You know, that's idol worship. You just decided to, to leave Jesus and decided to follow Mary. That's the height of idol worship in this life. Saying, blessed, 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 uh, add this to say, blessed is she among all women? No. Tell me, Joe. <laughs> oh, Mary, full of grace. Lord is with you, you know? But look at Mary here. It says, Mary, in verse 14 here, continued in prayer and supplication. So Mary was with the disciples learning. Mary would be in Acts 2 praying in thongs. <coughs> then you ask a Catholic, can you pray in thongs? They say, no, we are not, I, I don't pray in thongs. I, I, some of them do. I mean, some, some reform because there's, there's different factions now as, as what has grown. I mean, I, I met some, some reformed factions. I mean, it's the ones that you know that you think they don't. Some actually do. Some who have more knowledge of the scripture. Because God's glory is actually filling the earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? But some, they don't believe it. They'll tell you, ah, no, we just want to do baptism and go. And holy communion and all of those things. But it's okay. 
On the day of Pentecost, they were praying. Acts 2 verse 20, Acts 2 verse 44. So we can safely say the day of Pentecost was a prayer meeting because they were praying. Look at in Acts 2 verse 44. Acts 2 verse 44. And all that believed were all together, and all the other things in common, they sold possessions, good, and parted them to all men, and every man had need. In verse 46, and they continued daily with one accord and breaking bread from one house to house and did meet singleness and in gladness of heart. In verse 42, there it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So they were praying. In Acts 3, verse 1, Acts 3, verse 1, so there was a consistency in prayer in the church. In Acts 3, verse 1, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the night hour that night hour we mean 3 p.m in the afternoon so they went to pray look at in acts 4 so we see in Acts 1 there was prayer hearts 2 there was prayer Heart 3 there was prayer look at Acts 4 Acts 4 verse 20 let's look at 24 and when they heard that they lifted up their voice at 4 verse 24 at 4 verse 24, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice with one accord and said, Lord, thou God of heaven, which hath made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Look at in verse 29. Look at verse 29. And now, Lord, behold thy threatenings and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they might speak thy word by stretching forth thy hands to you and signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. In verse 31, it now says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, and they assembled together, and where they were, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke with the word of God with boldness. So it was scattered throughout the book of Acts that the church was praying. So prayer is a pattern of Christian activity. Tell your neighbor, say prayer, prayer is a pattern of Christian activity. Prayer is a pattern of Christian activity. Look at Mark 11 verse 17. Mark 11 verse 17. I'm just trying to do an introduction this morning today. We'll get into it much later. Mark 11 verse 17. He says, and he, and he thought them saying, Is it not written that my house shall be called of all nations the house of what? Prayer. So, as believers, we have been made the house of prayer. You see, in the Act of Apostles, it was not just, and I told you that the Act of Apostles is not just a book of doctrine. Look at it in Romans, Romans 12, verse 12. Romans 12, verse 12. Romans 12, verse 12. You must always be ready for a lot of scriptures in church, or else you are coming for me to deceive you. Romans 12, verse 12. Re rejoicing in hope. Are you there? Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulations. Continue instant in prayer. Continue instant in prayer. Romans 12 verse 12. Are you there? Did you see it? Continue instant in prayer. Instant means always be ready and available to pray. We have different prayer chains. You ought to join. You ought to be found there praying. Instant there means always be ready and available to pray. So continue instant in prayer. Romans 15. Look at Romans 15 verse 30 to 31. Romans 15 verse 30 to 31. Romans 15, verse 30 to 31. Are you there? Romans 15, verse 30 to 31. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I will be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and the service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. So he says, Strive with me in prayer. 
So Paul is saying, pray with me. Pray along with me. So you must always be ready and be available to pray. Look at Ephesians 6 verse 18. Ephesians. So are you seeing that there is a constancy in scripture about praying? Guys, are you seeing it? Are you seeing? Because I told you, prayer is an earthly activity, right? Right? Exactly. I told you, I said, if Jesus, who is God, came down to earth to pray, we don't have an excuse. Look at Ephesians 6 verse 18. It says, praying always. Are you there? It says, praying always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit. Praying always. So, as believers, we ought to be doing what? Praying always. And remember, I told you, what's the minimum amount a, a believer should pray? One hour. One hour. Praying always. Look at Colossians 4, verse 2 to 3. 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 It says, continue in what? Prayer. Continue in what? Prayer. Prayer. And watch with the same with thanksgiving. And that says, We are praying also for us that God will open unto us the door of our chance to speak the mysteries of Christ for which also I am mean born. So there is a constancy in prayer. There is a constancy of prayer in the scriptures. Are you seeing it? You can't be a believer and miss this detail. You can't be. You can't be a Christian and miss this detail. You can't be. We've lived our life. Some of you have lived your life so much on this earth and not prayed. See, let me tell you. I will not lie to you. This is outside doctrine. If you want to have a successful life, I'm not saying a business world. Atheists can have business world, all of those things. But a successful Christian life, you have to pray. If you want to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life, that is, now, this is not, oh, I, do, I go to school, I get a job, I do all of those things. No, I'm, I'm not talking about those things. You can just follow chance and you have luck and you do everything. 80s do all of those things and they make it and they have money. That's not what I'm saying. But on the last day, there is going to be a question you're going to be asked on what you did on it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Guys, are you listening to me? If you want to fulfill what he has called you to do, how many of you know that every child is born with a purpose? How many of you know that? Let me see you if you know that. Every born body is born with a purpose. And that purpose is found in God's plan. How you will fulfill that plan is in prayer. There is that constancy in scripture that you can't miss it. You can't. It's not possible. You can't read the scriptures and not find it. Right from the Old Testament, men have been praying. Jesus came in the four Gospels and he was praying. So it will mean, if he was praying that much, can we safely say, we're still going to get there, can we safely say, he prayed so that he will fulfill his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Can we say that? Because that was his plan. That was the essence of why he came. And he devoted himself to much prayer. Even at the end of his ministry, we saw it, he was still praying. Are you getting what I'm saying? He was still praying. Look at Philippians 4 verse 6. Philippians 4, 4 verse 6. Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. Are you there? Philippians 4 verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, 
in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto unto God. Look at First Thessalonians five seventeen. First Thessalonians five seventeen. First Thessalonians five seventeen. Are you there? It says, pray with what? Without ceasing. Pray without ceasing means pray at every opportunity. Pray without ceasing. Look at 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. Are you seeing a lot of scripture? Guys, are you writing the scripture down so you can go home and check it? 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. Look at 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. So are you seeing that there is a lot of evidence in the scripture that you have to be praying? You have to be a praying Christian. You know that thing we say when we're younger, we say, ah, a praying mother. I believe my mother was praying for me. Why not you start praying for yourself? Why not now be the praying father, the praying mother? A lot of Christians today now, you see some guys, they say, I want to marry a praying, a praying woman. Can't you be the praying man? Now look at 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. I exhort therefore, that what? First of all. Ha, hallelujah. It says first of all. What? Pray, supplications? What? Prayers, intercessions, and giving of things we made for all men. First of all, prayer. That is, first of all, we mean primarily our first contribution to people's life should be prayer. See, my first contribution to your life as a preacher is that I pray for you. And I told you yesterday, some of you that were in service, I said, see, as far as I'm your preacher, I will stand by you as everything. We will see to it. We will see to it. That everything will be done. But you know what? You will fulfill God's plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? Every one of you under the sound of my voice. You will fulfill God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. You will. Because we are all going to pray together. I will stand by you. We will pray together. Because our first contributions to people's life should be prayer. My first... If I know you like this, you have entered my prayer list. That's the truth. I'm not kidding you. I'm going to bring up my diary one day and I will show you my prayer list. Once I know that I'm teaching you and I'm responsible over your life, you, you've entered my prayer list. I, I start praying for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because that's, my, that's our first contributions to people's life. First of all, prayer. Look at James 5 verse 16. James 5 verse 16. James 5 verse 16. James 5 verse 16. So you can't miss it. You can't read the scripture and miss it. What have you been reading? Except you don't read the Bible. You can't read the scriptures and miss it. Look at first James 5 verse 16. It says, confess your fault one to another. He now said what? Pray for one another that you may be, what did he now say? The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. You know you are the righteous man. A man who has believed the gospel is a righteous man. A man who is saved by faith is a righteous man. You are no longer a sinner. You have a fellowship with the Father. So you are a righteous man. So imagine your prayer can make, the Amplified Version says, it makes tremendous power available. So that means your prayer can move mountains. Hallelujah. Say my prayers can move mountains. Look at in verse 17, Elijah. He now made us to see verse in Elijah. Look at in that same James 5. In that, look at Elijah. He says, Elijah. A man subject to like passion, such as we are. He described it to let you know that he has the same thing like you. So that means Elijah would, would be tired like you, right? 
Elijah will feel sleepy like you, right? Elijah would, would have had times he wanted to give up. But he says, Elijah was a man of like passion, just like that. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the head for the space of three years and six months. One man's prayer can hold a city's rain. Just imagine as a church now, we devote ourselves and we say, we don't want snow in Rochester. Hope you know it's going to happen. We devote ourselves to praying. No, we're going to see it happen. It's going to. If we devote ourselves as a church and we just say, let's just give ourselves one week or two weeks. Let's just pray that this, this winter, they said it's going to be the baddest winter ever. Every winter is always the baddest. <laughs> Every winter. They said this one is going to be the most crazy one. We're just, we're just no. It can fall in other places, but in this Rochester, we are holding it. Do you know we can pray about that? And we just agree in prayers. We just agree in prayer. One week and we just... And it's going to happen. We can seize the whole snow. We are seizing it so that we can do more outreaches, you know? So that there will be no, we will not be feeling cold when we are doing outreaches. You know? We can. Because prayer is, first of all, not a suggestion. Prayer is not a suggestion. Prayer is not, I think I should pray. No. Prayer is not a suggestion. There is an instruction in scriptures to pray. Are you, are you guys seeing this in the scripture? There is an instruction in the scriptures to pray. It is not a suggestion. So, that, so you know, remember how we started? I told you, we, we grew up and we just learned prayer in different ways. We just oh, pray about food, pray about this, pray about that. And we have never really thought, okay, this is why we should pray. This is why we should not pray. This is it. There is a, it is not a suggestion. Tell your neighbor, say, prayer, prayer is not a suggestion. It is an instruction. Tell your neighbor, say, it is an instruction. I'm sure you know what instruction means, right? It's an instruction. So, if I don't pray, I am, can I say I am disobeying God? Right? So, if I don't pray, can I say I am disobeying God? Remember what Jesus told Peter? He said, can't you watch with me for one hour? Right? So, can we say if we don't pray, we are disobeying God? Can we say that? Yes, Guys, can we say that? Yes, because it's an instruction. It is an earthly activity. You don't pray in heaven. Jesus is not praying in heaven. Prayer is only made on earth. So, a man who is born again, is born again to a ceaseless adventure of prayer. We have entered a ceaseless adventure of prayer. That is, the more we pray, is the more we want to keep praying. There was never a break for Jesus' prayer life. There was never a break. So, I don't have a reason. So, I don't have to have a reason to pray. I have clearly the written word. How many of you believe the Bible? Uh, you, should, you should be, as far as you are a believer, you believe the Bible. In the written word, we have the instruction to pray. So I don't have to know what to pray because prayer is fellowship. I explained to you, you just want to communicate with your father. Why would you have your father and you're not communicating with him? I told you the story of my earthly father. I don't used to talk to him a lot, but I had to change because he brought a problem with us, with our relationship. I had to change. I make sure that I call him at least twice every week. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because it is a relationship. Now, how much more my heavenly father? 
Look at Luke 6 verse 12 again. Luke 6 verse 12. Are you learning something this morning? Guys, are you learning something? Alright, I have the best church in the world. Glory to God. I know that you will do God's word. Hallelujah. I know. I know you are on God's word, right? You are on God's word. You are the, you're not a disobedient Christian, right? Say, I'm not a disobedient Christian. You're not a disobedient Christian. You know. Look at that. And it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. And he continued all night in prayer to who? To God. So when you are praying, you are praying to who? Am I praying to you? Are you getting it? So, prayer is an instruction. Number one thing you must learn about prayer is, number one, prayer is an instruction. Two, prayer is fellowship, right? Have we settled that? Three, prayer is service. Praying for people. When you are praying for people, that's service. You are ministering to people. Do you pray for your friends? Do you pray for your church member? Do you pray for your pastor? That's the best way to minister to people. Just imagine we have a church. I mean, I don't want to imagine because it's going to happen and it's happening already. <coughs> Hallelujah. Be- where somebody's going through an issue, the person is not, is not shy to hold it back. You know, there are churches you go. I, I grew up in such a place like that. And, and, and I'm sorry about that. But there are places where you go, you just say, yeah, I cannot share my problem. Ah, if I share my problem, they'll use my, they'll use my case to preach on the pulpit. Ah, no. I don't want to share but imagine, because we are well thought God's word. The Bible says in Acts 2, it says they continued daily in prayer and fellowship and the breaking of bread. Just imagine you are going through a problem and just say, ah, sister, I agree with me in prayer. And you trust that that person is not going to use your, your case as a prayer, as a, as a, gist, as a gist partner. They say, ah, you know what is happening to that sister? Ah, fear God, fear, fear God. People are going through terrible things. No, that's not you. You are not a Christian. You are a Christian. Say, I'm a Christian. Christian. You are not that way. Just imagine, you take the person's problem like yours. I say, don't worry, we're going to agree with sister, I trust you. Brother, I trust God. We're going to agree in prayers about this. And we're going to see results. Hallelujah. How about that? Say, I'm not a gossiper. I don't give to, I don't, I don't yield to gossip. Hallelujah. Yeah. So prayer is an instruction, right? Prayer is fellowship, right? And prayer is service. You pray for people, you are serving them in prayer. So you are ministering to people. So you are ministering to people's life when you pray. Before I came to this service this morning, I have prayed for you. I have spent time praying for you. Just praying and praying. Because I will first preach to you. I, I don't just come to preach. I preach to you first in my prayer. Before I come and do it physically. I haven't prepared my note. I'll make sure I prepare my note early enough in the week. Then I'll start praying about it. Start praying. Start praying for everyone who will come to service to hear this. Those who will listen to this in the next 50 years, 100 years. I'll start praying. Because this is beyond me. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is beyond me. People are still going to record this our materials down. So people are going to listen to this. I start praying. I start praying. So my first word of ministering to you is ministering first in prayer. So I spend hours praying, trusting God. That you don't live here confused. You don't live here. You, you, you live here changed. You live here better, edified. And Jesus' name is glorified. Amen. Amen. So the New Testament has a clear cut pattern 
of prayer. So can you see that Jesus continued all night? It's not about vain reputation. It's about praying. It's about fellowship. Right? 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 Have we agreed now that it is not about vain reputation? It is fellowship. Does it make sense now? So when it says you should not be, be like the earthen who are doing vain reputation, they are doing that because they did not understand. That's the earthen, the Gentiles, the unbelieving ones. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you who have believed the gospel is fellowship to you. Long prayers is fellowship. I just want to communicate with God. And how many of you know you can talk to God for long and not come out better? Bible says Moses spent 40 days on the mountain and when he came back, the people could not build his face. That's coming out better. Glory to God. That's coming out better. So Jesus left this house to pray. So we've seen that, right? So you can safely say, I'm leaving my room to go pray, right? So that nobody disturbs me, right? Jesus woke up to pray. So can that be that I can say, okay, 5 a.m., I can pray, right? Before I start my activity, I just know that, okay, I'll pray so that 5 to 6 a.m., I just pray, right? Right? Or in the evening, you can just say, oh, before I sleep, 9 to 10, I just pray. 11 to 12, I just pray, right? In the evening, in the afternoon. So prayer should be made as often as possible to everyone. And one thing that is unique to the New Testament is that God has given us a spirit. Say, God has given us a spirit. God has given us a spirit. We have the spirit of God. We have the spirit of God. You and I have the spirit of God. Romans 8 verse 8. Look at Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8. Let's look at something there quickly. Romans 8. Are you learning something this morning? I'm about rounding up. Romans 8. I'm about rounding up. We'll continue from here next year. I'm about rounding up. Romans 8. It says, For they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh. Say, I'm not in the flesh. But I'm in the spirit. So if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So, look at it in verse 14. It says, For many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, I am in the Spirit. See, I'm in the Spirit. So, in the new covenant, God has given us the Spirit. I have the Spirit of God. So, there is a pattern to pray in the new covenant. There is a pattern to pray in the new covenant. Remember, we have the Spirit, right? Right? I'll tell you something. One of the things that God did upon redemption is to give us a Spirit. You and I have the indwelling of the Spirit. Everyone seated with you, everyone seated beside you, as the Holy Ghost within. You have the indwelling of the Spirit with you. It says, I will come, I'll pray the comfort that I will send unto you, the Spirit, another comfort. That's the Spirit. So you have the Spirit. Say, I have the Spirit. I have the Spirit. Spirit. So it says, You are not in the flesh, but you are where? In the Spirit. So there is a way to pray because you are in the Spirit. In John 4, verse 24, it says, The time will come when when they shall worship me in spirit and in truth. So, you and I, we worship God now in spirit. Say, I worship God in spirit. Because we are what? In the spirit. Does it make sense now? Alright. So, there is a pattern to pray. So, there is now a pattern to pray upon the resurrection. Now, look at in Ephesians 6 verse 18 again. Look at it. And one thing about Paul was that Paul was a major revelation or a major revelator. Let me use the word revelator. Of the spirit concept in the Bible. You won't find much of praying in the spirit in the four gospels. Because the spirit wasn't given to them in the four gospels. The same way Jesus turned to the disciples. 
to tell them, teach us to pray. Paul is turning to us to say, look at in Ephesians 6.18. The same way Jesus is telling his disciples, say, pray this way, our Father. Paul is turning to us by the, upon the Spirit, with the Spirit, and saying, praying always with what? Sup- Let's read it together. Ephesians 6.18. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. Louis is all prayers and supplications in what? So we now pray now where? In the spirit. We pray in the spirit. We pray in the spirit. So Jesus turned to the disciples to tell them, you pray this way. Paul has turned to us through Jesus because he has the spirit of God too, right? Telling us to pray what? In the spirit. In the spirit. And we are in the spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 13 made us to understand we are in the spirit. Ephesians 4 verse 13, we are sealed with the spirit. Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3 verse 16 says we are strengthened with the spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says take up the element of salvation, the sword of the spirit. So we are in the spirit. Say I'm in the spirit. I'm in the spirit. So the spirit is in the inner man. So today, as believers, we can pray in the Spirit. Say, I can pray in the Spirit. No, not saying it like you and do it. I can pray in the Spirit. So what is praying in the Spirit as a roundup? You cannot find praying in the Spirit in a man who doesn't have the Spirit. A man who doesn't have the Spirit. Can we say a man who doesn't have the Spirit is a man who is not born again? Right? Can we say a man who doesn't have the spirit is a man who is not saved, right? Who hasn't heard the gospel, right? But the man who, who has the spirit is a man who is born again, right? So a man who has the spirit is a man who can pray in the, in, in the spirit. Because you can't find praying in the spirit with a man who doesn't have the spirit. So praying in the spirit is a definite term that must be understood. So can we say now, when we pray in the Spirit, is an instruction. Yes, Paul just gave us in, in this place, in Ephesians 6 verse 18. Can we say it's an instruction? Yes, ah, you guys are not getting me. Can we say it's an instruction? Yes, Remember we said Jesus gave us an instruction, right? Yes. Can we say Jesus, through Paul, now is giving us an instruction to pray in the Spirit? Yes. Right? So praying always, because he said praying always in the Spirit, right? Yes. Right? So can we say that's an instruction also? Yes, can we say that's fellowship? Right? Because when we pray in the Spirit, remember I told you in Luke 3 when Jesus was praying and he was just walking in the public space when he was trying to be baptized, he was praying and having a fellowship with God. Can you say, so that means as I'm driving, can I be communicating with God? When I'm eating, no, not eating. (laughs) When I'm going to class, when I'm going to work, can I be, can I be, can I be praying in the Spirit? Right? Right? Guys, right? You're not responding, all right. Can so can I? Where can I? Can I be? We should have seen again. Cooking, I'm be praying in the spirit. Yes, all right. No, that you you be exactly too much energy. Uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> no, don't remind me that man you lost a match. Don't remind me. It's like oh, you just let the spirit leave. Oh. Pray for me, pray for me. I'm just joking, I'm just joking. Alright, so can we say pray? That's an instruction, right? So that's, a, that's fellowship. So if I start praying longs, just praying in thongs, talking in thongs, that's praying in the spirit, right? Can that be fellowship with God? You know, it's just like saying, you know, it's just like, let, let's, let's give an example. It's just like, you know, when you're in love, right? You're just in your call, you're just putting your phone like this, you're just uh, talking, you're just trying to do everything, you're cooking, you're arranging, you're still talking, right? Right? 
to the person you love on the phone. So can that be the same way too as believers we are having a fellowship with the Father? As I'm just doing my daily activity, I'm just saying, oh, shut, I'm just praying in thongs. Right? I'm just praying in thongs, praying in the Spirit. So can that also be service also? Can I pray for people? Because he also says, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit and watching Jerons. Jeron too, without perseverance and supplication for what? All saints. Can that be mean? Can that be service also? Yes, so when I pray in the spirit, is an instruction, right? Yes, sir. It's fellowship. Yes, sir. It is service, right? Does it make sense? All right. So speaking in tongues is fellowship. Hallelujah. First Corinthians fourteen two. That's what I've been trying to get to today. I'm just trying to lay a foundation. Is my foundation good or is this is it faulty? Is it a good foundation? All right. Alright, alright, alright. First Corinthians 14, verse 2. It says, He that speaketh in tongues, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speak not unto men, but to who? God. So when I'm praying in tongues, who am I speaking to? Alright. It says, For albeit no man understandeth him, albeit in the spirit he speaketh mystery. So when I'm praying in tongues, am I talking to you? No. Are you talking to your friend? You're talking to God. Speaking in tongues is speaking with the Spirit. In Acts 2, they were praying in tongues. In Acts 10, they were praying in tongues. At 19 verse 6, Paul laid hands on the people and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14. 14 verse 14, it says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is what? Unfruitful. So that means tongues go to who? So can that be in the Spirit? Right? Can that be in the spirit? Alright. Thoughts goes to God. So when I pray in another thought, my spirit is praying. It says, my spirit prayed. And my understanding. Look at it, verse 40. It says, what is it then? I'll pray in the spirit. And I'll also pray in my understanding. Understanding will mean I give you a prayer point. Right? Right? Understanding will mean I give you a prayer point and you have an understanding of what we're praying about. Pray in my understanding. I'll sing also with the spirit. So can we sing in thongs? Right? You just switch to melody and just make it melodious. You make your tongue melodious. You sing in tongues and we sing in understanding. We sang in our understanding this morning, right? And we sang also in the spirit. Jude 120. Jude 120. So you see, you have a lot of scriptures to judge you on. <laughs> you have a lot of scriptures to judge you if you are not praying. Jude 120. Jude 1 verse 20. It says, But ye beloved brethren, Building up your most holy faith and praying what? In the Holy Ghost. And praying what? So can this be praying in thongs? Can this be praying in the Spirit? Do you see that it means the same thing? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. That word building there is from the Greek word oikodomio. It says to edify, to build an edifice, to strengthen yourself. So when you are praying in tongues, you are edifying yourself. It means to it means something strong. It is for fellowship. So praying in tongues is for fellowship. Fellowship is it fellowship with you now, yeah. or your friend? Yeah. So when we come together in a public meeting, like in an opening prayer, are we fellowshipping? We are fellowshipping one another, obviously. But who are we talking to? God. We are talking to God. So fellowship for communion is also to build your Christian life. It says, be love brethren. So the best way to build your Christian life is to do what? Pray in tongues. You want to have a... How many of you want to serve God? How many of you really want to serve God? How many of you? You want to serve? 
I have a, I have a teaching like that, how to serve God. You should listen to it. But you see, you have to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. You have to learn it. This last week, I can't count how many, how many hours I prayed in tongues. Because you should not even be able to, you should just be praying. I prayed hours into hours, night upon night, just praying in thongs and just praying in thongs and just praying in thongs. Even this morning, I've been, I've been up, I barely slept. I've just been praying in thongs, just praying in thongs, just praying in thongs. I'm just having a fellowship with the Father, ministering to God to you, about you, talking to God about you in thongs, you know, praying in thongs and just praying in thongs. So prayer is by precept and by example. Are you seeing it now? Prayer is by precept. What did I say precept means? By teaching, right? Example means you, sh you see how to do it. So are you seeing how to do it, right? That you pray in thongs. So how do you pray that one hour prayer? You do it how? In thongs. Because if you say you want to start doing, Father bless me, Father bless me, Father bless me, you have become like the earth thing, right? Yes, Using very repetition. Now, somebody will say, what if I'm, my thongs is sounding alike and it's just saying the same thing, I'm just saying the same thing, I'm just saying the same thing with my thongs. Does that mean I'm doing very reputation? No, you are praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are praying in the Spirit. You are praying in the Spirit. In Act 9, Paul was given to prayer. Act 13, he says, at the fasted and prayed. He says, when the fasted and prayed, they said, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Paul and Barnabas for the working unto I have called them. So you pray in thongs. We already told what they were praying about. You're just praying. You don't, I told you, you don't have to have a prayer point. You can just communicate with God with thongs. Are you seeing it? Sometimes we have prayer points. Like we're having our prayer chains, different prayer chains. We just say, okay, we are trusting God as touching this area. Or we just pray. Sister Favor led us in prayer. She just gave us a direction on what to pray about. We pray. But you can be on your own personal time and be driving. Walking to school, going to work, maybe even at work you don't you're not busy, you're just on your own. You can just be praying in thongs under your breath. Just be praying in thongs, praying in thongs. There was a job I picked up some years ago. The job was so easy. I just use it as prayer time. So nobody disturbs me. It's like I'm literally alone. I just I just say I'm going to I'm just going to pray. <laughs> I just turn I just turn the entire hours I use at that work to pray. You have to learn to build a consistent prayer life. And these things can be thought. Are you getting it? Disciples. So now, you don't have to blame yourself if you are not doing it now. You now have to get better. Because the disciples said, teach us how to pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now you have been thought and we are still going to study more. Are you getting what I'm saying? So your responsibility is on you to pray in thought. So we can pray in thought. Say so I can pray in thought. So tongues is for everyone who is born again. Look at look at the successful life of Paul's ministry as I close down. First Corinthians 14, verse 18. First Corinthians 14, 18. Look at one successful, successful life of Paul's ministry. Is this? He wrote to the church of Corinth. You know, Paul was not part of the apostles in the in the four gospels. He came later and it seemed as though he did more exploit. He wrote to thought of the New Testament. He wasn't physically there when Jesus was alive. Even Peter, who was there, just wrote two books. So what was the secret? Look at it in verse 18. I thank my God. I speak in thoughts more than you. Hallelujah. 
So every man who is born again can pray in thorns. Hallelujah. Every man who is born again can pray in thorns. And you can build a successful Christian life. James 5 verse 16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man does what? Availeth more. Amplified says, Amplified version says, It maketh tremendous power available. It makes power available. And it's tremendous in his walking. So I can pray in thongs. Hallelujah. So I can pray in thongs. I can obey the scriptures. I can. You can. I know you are going to obey the scriptures. I know. It's an instruction. Jesus told us to do it. I told you prayer is earthly, right? So that shows a man who is born again, is born again to a ceaseless adventure of a fellowship with the Father. So can you see that God made it so easy to communicate with him? How do you do it? In spirit, right? He made it so easy. So I can just talk to... Now, I don't have to be looking for a physical God somewhere. Right? I don't have to be going to a special altar to say, I want to go and connect to God and touch this altar before I pray. I can stay in my sitting room and talk to God there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I am praying in the Spirit. I don't have to go to, an, to a month. You should if you can. To go and pray. I can pray in my room. Right? I can pray in my car. Right? I can pray at work. Right? I can pray in school. Right? I can wake up early in the morning to pray. Right? I can in the evening. Right? In the afternoon. Right? You are born to a ceaseless adventure of prayer. Right where you are, just hold somebody beside you and let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hold somebody beside you. Hold somebody's hands. Lift your voice. Lift your voice and let's pray. Stay up yourself. Stay up yourself. Lift your voice. Stay up yourself. Stay up yourself. That you, from today onward, you begin to obey the scriptures. Today onward, you begin to act on God's word. Today onward, you are not disobedient to the scriptures. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice and let's pray. Lift your voice, lift your voice and let's pray. 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 That you are not disobedient to the scriptures. There is a ceaseless adventure. You are fellowshipping with God. You are communicating with God. You are having an interaction with God. You are fellowshipping. You are obeying. You are obeying the instruction. You are ministering. In the spirit, you are having a good time with God. A good time with God. Lift your voice and let's pray. Lift your voice and let's 